absolutely fascinated with the pursuit of excellence, whether it's in athletics or company building or life. Mm-hmm. And that obviously takes me to the whole notion of flow states, which is one of the causes mm-hmm. that we're, when we are distracted, we are instantly taken away from the flow states. And you've had an intimate connection with the godfather of flow states. Tell me how, one, what happens when the distraction takes us away from these flow states? What can we do about it? Because I know you're personally working towards that yourself. Yeah, so for people who don't know about this, everyone listening will have experienced a flow state. A flow state is when you're doing something that's meaningful to you and you just totally get into it and your sense of time falls away, your sense of ego falls away. And the way one rock climber put it is you, it feels like you are the rock you're climbing when you're in flow. And different people get into flow doing different things. For you, it might be making bagels. It might be doing brain surgery. For me, it would be writing. Yeah, different people, it's different things. But flow is really important for the debate about attention because flow is simultaneously the deepest form of attention that humans can provide. And once you get into it, the easiest form of attention you can provide. So once you're in flow, it's not like memorizing facts for an exam. You're not like, oh God, what year did Henry VIII die? It just flows very naturally. So if we think about flow as a gusher of attention that exists inside every human being, Obviously, what I wanted to figure out is, okay, where do we drill to hit that gusher? How do we do it, right? So I went to interview Professor Mahali Cheek sent me hi. You have no idea how long it took me to learn how to say that. Who yeah, me the, too. That's <laughs> torture. So it's the, because anyone who hasn't seen it written down, it looks nothing like yeah, that. It turns out Hungarian exactly. is a language that seems insanely irrational to an English speaker. But uh, so he, he's, the, he's the psychologist who first identified flow states in the 1960s, one of the most influential psychologists of the last century, totally incredible man. And I, I think I did the last interview he ever did because sadly he died shortly afterwards. And Professor Csikszentmihalyi discovered an enormous amount about flow states in his 50 years of researching it. But if I was going to just distill it down briefly for anyone listening, I took away three key lessons for if you want to maximize your chances of getting into flow, what you can do. Now, there's no guarantee on this, but this maximizes your chances. The first thing is you've got to choose one goal and set aside all your other goals for a while. You've got to do one thing. If you're trying to do more than one thing at a time, you will never get into flow. Secondly, You've got to choose a goal that's meaningful to you. And this is really interesting. Attention evolved to attach to meaning. A frog will stare longer at a fly than at a stone because a fly is meaningful to the frog and the stone is not, right? If you're trying to pay attention to something that isn't meaningful to you, your attention will slip and slide off it. In fact, if you're struggling to pay attention to something, sometimes that can be a sign that you're trying to focus on the wrong thing. It's not actually something meaningful to you. The third thing is it really helps if you choose something at the edge of your comfort zone, but not beyond it. So say you're a medium talent rock climber. You don't want to just try to climb over your garden wall. That's going to be too easy. You won't get into flow. Equally, you don't want to suddenly try and climb Mount Kilimanjaro. That's going to be completely overwhelming. You'll just get daunted. You want to climb a slightly higher and harder rock face than the one you chose before. As someone said, life begins at the edge of your comfort zone and flow begins at the edge of your comfort zone, right? So if you do these three things, you narrow yourself down to one goal, you make sure it's a meaningful goal, and you push yourself to the edge of your comfort zone, 
you maximize your chances of getting into flow. There isn't a guarantee, but you hugely increase your chances. And even as I say that, I think a lot of people listening will realize one of the reasons why we're living in an environment that militates against that. Go back to step one. You've got to do one thing at a time, right? We're living in an environment that makes that extremely difficult. And this interacts with one of the other causes that I write about in Stolen Focus, which I learned about from a person I mentioned before, but Professor Earl Miller at MIT. So Professor Miller, when I went to interview him, so he's won some of those prestigious awards in neuroscience. He knows as much about the human brain as any living person. And he said to me, look, you've got to understand one thing about the human brain more than anything else. You can only consciously think about one or two things at a time. That's it, right? This is just a fundamental limitation of the human brain. The human brain has not significantly changed in 40,000 years. It's not going to change on any time frame any of us are going to see. You can only consciously think about one or two things at a time. But what's happened is we've fallen from mass delusion. The average American teenager now believes they can follow six or seven forms of media at the same time. So what happens is Professor Miller's colleagues and scientists across the world get people into labs and they get them to think they're doing lots of things at the same time. And they always discover the same thing. You can't do more than one thing at a time. What you do is you juggle very quickly between the tasks. Your consciousness kind of papers over it. It creates the illusion that you're doing lots of things at the same time, but you're not. And it turns out when you try and do more than one thing at a time, it always comes with a cost a very big cost. The technical term for this is the switch cost effect. When you try and do more than one thing at a time, you will do all the things you're trying to do much less competently. You'll make more mistakes. You'll be less creative. You'll remember much less of what you do. And when you hear that, I think a lot of people listening will think, yeah, I get that. Okay. Like I did when I first said, okay, I get it. But that's a small thing, right? It's a small effect. When you look at the research, the the evidence on this is shocking. Mm -hmm. So one yeah. study found that just receiving eight text messages an hour, which doesn't sound like very much, reduces your brain power for the main thing you're trying to focus on by 30%. Now, I would argue most of us are losing something like that most of the time. Or think about another study. This is a very small study, but it's backed by a wider body of evidence. Hewlett-Packard, the printer company, they got a scientist in to study their workers. And he split their workers into two groups. And the first group was told, just do your work, whatever it is, and you won't be interrupted. And the second group was told, do whatever your task is, but you're going to have to also answer a heavy load of email and phone calls. So pretty much how most of us live, right? And at the end of this experiment, they tested the IQ of, of both of them, both groups. And the group that had not been interrupted scored 10 IQ points higher than the group that had been interrupted. To give you a sense of how big an effect that is, Mo, if you and me sat together now and smoked cannabis, we got stoned, our IQs would go down in the short term by five points, right? There's a bigger debate on the long-term effect of cannabis on IQ, but in the short term, it's five points. So being chronically distracted is twice as bad for your IQ as getting stoned. You'd be better off sitting at your desk, getting stoned and doing one thing at a time than sitting at your desk, not getting stoned and doing lots of things at a time. Now, to be clear, you'd be better off neither getting stoned nor being distracted, obviously. But so you can see how, as I mentioned before, we're living in this storm that is undermining the deeper forms of our focus, which is why we need to focus, we need to, focus to use an ironic <laughs> locution, on how we get our focus back.